My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. I have a great show lined up for you today. I'm so excited to present this to you. This is going to be a really um, powerful and um, uh, influential episode, I think. Um, I really want to dive into the ins and outs of anxiety, okay? And this is something that affects so many people and... um, you know, yes, it affects your your dating life. I mean, approach anxiety is something that I, I would say probably most of the people who work with me, most of my clients struggle with. And, um, but it affects so much more than that, right? I mean, the, um, you know, anxiety is something that just, you know, can just, you know, s- stick a, you know, put a stick in your wheel, you know? It really, it could just throw everything off um, I know people who have really uh, intense anxiety attacks um, or just stress about things all the time and just don't have any way out. And so today I'm going to be sharing with you how you can get out of anxiety, whether that's a, an ongoing uh, sort of chronic problem for you or you struggle with it sometimes. Regardless, um, this is something that I've seen work uh, on people who had such severe anxiety, they couldn't even walk into stores. <clears throat> so really powerful stuff. I'm going to be sharing with you today. So thank you for joining me. So my name is Dominique Drew. This is The Art of Attraction. And um, welcome if you're uh, seeing on, if you're watching me on Facebook, uh, on Facebook Live, then by all means, welcome. And uh, if you're downloading and subscribing this as a podcast, then um, thank you so much for listening. And I will endeavor to be worth your time. So... um, uh, if you've seen my show before, then you'll know that um, I specialize in helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. But, uh, and it's funny, I haven't actually spoken about this professionally yet, but the work is actually going in a direction that is going to be expanding outward because um, the work that I do isn't really about dating because truly your dating problems don't actually have anything to do with dating. Give you a minute on that one. (laughs) It is, however, true. The fact of the matter is, you have life problems. You have things that are affecting you uh, in your psyche. You have um, underlying beliefs and areas of self sabotage and places where you are keeping yourself in a box. And uh, you, you know, when there's when there's uh, conflict or there's something that you want in your life that you don't have, then. you, you know, you're, you can, you feel the box, right? And you want to break out of it. And that's what this work is about, is really about ultimately freedom, to be perfectly honest. And so I focus it in the area of men and relationships. And <clears throat> for the last few years, I have done that. And it's been incredibly successful. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have some, um, you know, to my, my clients listening to my podcast. And, and truly, they have, you know, the, the testimonial videos that they have provided for me, which is incredibly kind of them. Um, are, are just, they're out of this world. You know, there are problems that can be solved through this work that people don't think can be solved at all. Um, which is why I just got on here, my little, you know, microphone at my table and told you that I have a solution for anxiety, which short of medication, <laughs> uh, I don't think um, people are really aware of. So I'm really excited to present this because it's incredibly powerful. And honestly, if it's not, I kind of have a why bother, you know, if, if your efforts aren't functioning, if your efforts aren't providing real results in a, you know, a decent amount of time, then your efforts are in the wrong place. You know, if you're, you know, 
therapy is great. If you have any inclination to go to therapy or you're even open to it, I highly recommend people do so. And um, if you've been in therapy for five years and you're not really noticing any shift, that's either not the therapist for you or that's not the process for you. Okay. So please don't keep, you know, banging your head against the wall, um, trying to break through an issue that isn't breaking. Okay. When you, when you strategically hit the wall in one weak place, right? Or you find the way through, it goes right down. Okay. So it doesn't need to be something that you need to hammer on for, you know, uh, decade after decade. I actually have, um, I have a client who, actually, uh, not now, this is actually years ago. Um, I had a client who I saw and he, uh, he came in to see me and he said, well, you know, I've been, I, I have been seeing a therapist, you know, I, 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 I've seen this therapist and I've seen her for two years and um, I just, you know, I just wasn't really making a whole lot of progress. And so I decided to stop. Two years? I was like, you went to something for two years and didn't really notice a lot of results? Girl. It wasn't a girl. It was a guy. But I like to say that to both genders because I just think it's funny. Uh, girl, you need to re-examine what is going on. Um, why on earth would you spend more than, you know, maybe a couple of months on the outside? Um, and I get it. You know, I, I mean, I have like a weirdly fast method. Like my, my method is like bizarrely magical. Um, and I don't expect everything to be like that. And, you know, have awareness, you know, check in. I wonder if this is doing anything, maybe before two years, okay? How long do you want to spend with something not working? I'm not saying don't give it the old college try and like stick with it for a bit. Like, you know, uh, ride that, that line and hold that balance um, consciously. You know, be self-aware there. But also you know, if usually that means it's the wrong therapist, truly. Um, for the most part, if you are, um, you're seeing someone for a significant period of time and you're not really noticing any results, it's probably the wrong person for you. Okay. It might be the wrong modality, but more likely it's the wrong person because the modality <clears throat> actually matters quite a bit less, I would say, than the person. So today, anxiety, So, anxiety has a lot of stigma around it. I imagine some deserved and some not. It has a lot of energy around it. And you know what's interesting is there's and this is honestly kind of a sideline to the entire uh, show that I was going to present today. <clears throat> but something that just occurs to me now, from my experience, and this is just what I've seen, so if this resonates, great. And if not, you can let it go. Same as absolutely anything I say on this podcast or anyone else says ever in your life experience. Um, <clears throat> the people that I've seen talk about their anxiety, the people who struggle with it, there's a really strong identification with their anxiety. It's my anxiety. I've had it for years. I've done this, this, and this. I take this because I have anxiety. Those are all true statements given what I just, you know, the, the, the scenario we just brought in, right? And if you are someone who struggles with this, or if you are just curious in this, sort of notice, to me, in the kind of the way that I just, I phrase this and I, I exaggerated it slightly, not much from the people that I, a couple of people I've seen, um, so that it's, it's clearer for you. There's almost like uh, it's part of their identity. And, you know, if you have a, let's say a disease, or something that is a little bit all-consuming in your life, it, it can become that way. <clears throat> be aware, though, whether or not you might be holding on to said anxiety, that you might be attached to your anxiety. 
So if you're sitting here listening to this and you go, hmm, I wonder if I'm attached to my anxiety, here's how you find out. Who would you be without your anxiety? Who would you be if you didn't have your meds and your process and your anxiety? Do you tell people about it a lot? Is it part of how you define yourself? Not like I'm dom- dominant and sometimes I get anxious. That's just a statement about me. But if it's something that I bring up a lot, and I notice that that's um, also, again, this is my experience, but um, not but, and that's also a good thing, by the way. When you say the word but, as in, as in um, although, it discounts everything that you said previously in the statement. Hang on just a second. I have some water I'm going to grab real quick. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Left my water out of reach before I went live. Um, So, let me center back in. So, when you use but, okay? Oh, I love her to death, but she irritates the hell out of me. In that statement, what you do is you make a true statement. I love her to death, which is also like a weird way of phrasing that. Uh, let me rephrase because that's like a, that's a strange thing in itself. Let me give you another example. Another example is, um, I love you, but you really irritate me. I love you, but anything. <laughs> the second part doesn't matter. Um, what it does when you use the word but is it, in, it invalidates everything that came previously. So instead of that, it's like saying that you don't love her. I love her except for this. I love her except, you know, except I don't really. All right. I'm, you know, I feel great about XYZ, but then you don't. You see what I mean? It it kind of undoes everything. And so instead, I encourage you to replace but with and, which is what you just sort of heard me do uh, a minute ago, which is, I love her so much. And boy, does she irritate me sometimes. Bam, two true statements. Because both states can exist at once, right? Two things can be true at the same time. Humans, we like to divide things. We like things dualistic. We like it black or white. That's where we're comfortable in the world. Okay, fine. That is not, however, the way the world is. (laughs) Black, actual black, and actual white are two points on a color scale that consists of infinite points. So the ratio of, of, what do we call it, likeliness that you've nailed the situation if you keep it black and white is two to infinity. Right? Infinite grayscale, even if you took out color. Okay? Because the point just next to total blackness is total blackness minus one particle, which is then white, slightly gray, right? So to sort of go to that place of um, trying to make things black and white, um, you tend to leave reality, right? You go into your head. You're like, well, I'm deciding that it's this. I'm deciding that it's that in order to feel more comfortable because really it's quite complex and I don't like that as much. I'm with you. I don't love it either. It is, however, reality. So what do you want to do, right? So, um, so and versus but, uh, t- take that, uh, take that in and, and run with it in your language. Um, I have almost completely cut that out of my, lang- my, my language personally. <clears throat> Although um, sometimes it happens, right? Just happened there. And then you can see how quickly I correct myself. I'm like, you know, anxiety can be terrifying, but, you know, and there's a solution for it. See what I mean? I don't want to say uh, anxiety could be, can be terrifying, but it's like that invalidates your terror if that's what you experience. I, would, I don't ever seek to invalidate someone's experience, <clears throat> right? That's not my role. My role is, in fact, to validate. And I do that by seeing by acknowledging, by emanating 
And really, it's a matter of just sitting and and perceiving someone. Um, you know, if someone can get very very vulnerable with me and and open up to me, then I um, I can just sort of sit in total acceptance of them, and that creates profound shifts in itself. The reason that I can sit in complete acceptance of another is because I can sit in complete acceptance of myself. If you have a difficult time tolerating the presence of others, people of a particular um, genre or um, style, gender, then there's something you are unable to sit with in yourself. And when you clear that, so will the charge around sitting with that person. So if you have a hard time accepting someone, that means they trigger something in you that you are continuously rejecting and you need to shift that. You don't have to, but it's creating unhappiness and there's a way to, so might as well, right? So a little sideline there with and and but, but I do really recommend that you um, uh, try that. Try taking, you know, or just being aware. You don't need to change it. Um, it's really just about becoming aware of what you're really saying. Because <clears throat> your words have impact. And I've spoken about that in this uh, on the podcast before. So, anxiety. So what is anxiety at its core? At its core... Actually, before I I dive in here, and I'm going to dive in anyway, if you want to join the conversation, I realize I forgot to mention this. I apologize to the listeners. Um, Feel free to call in. The number to do that is 828-333-4686. So again, that's 828-333-4686. And feel free to call in with um, comments and and questions. And I'm happy to um, work with you here on whatever it is that you're going through. So anxiety. Um, what is anxiety? Anxiety is fear at its core. Okay. That's what it is. You're scared. It's almost like using the word anxiety. I don't know. I don't know the history of the diagnostics of, of anxiety. And I imagine that, you know, maybe, um, fear was too strong of a word, but I think in doing that, it's, it's sort of tried to make it into something else and it's not something else. It's fear. That's what it is. It manifests as different things, but at, at its core, you're afraid. That's what you, what's happening if you are anxious. And in particular, you're afraid of something in the future, something that hasn't happened yet. Okay, anxiety is very future-oriented, okay? And there's, um, there's very rare times when people are anxious about stuff that have hap- has happened in the past. Anxiety is almost always focused in the future, okay? And so some of you might be able to see where this goes. That means you're spending time in the future. And what can you tell me about the future? Nothing with 100% accuracy. Nothing. You can tell me trends. You can tell me economics. You can talk uh, tech. You can talk... um, cultural development. You can talk, um, you know, trends in international currency. Those are not certain. Those are very well-educated guesses. And you can certainly bank on them if you want to. But I'm talking about absolute literal truth here. Okay? Fact of the matter is, if it hasn't happened yet, you don't know that it's going to. And in that, I'm just going to skip around. Normally, I sort of make a little, I'm going to skip around. In that, that little change that I just made there is all the freedom you need from anxiety. Because anxiety is when you're trying to predict the future, which you cannot do. And so you're deciding what's going to happen. And spoiler alert, it's bad, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be causing anxiety. It's bad. And you're worried that it's going to happen. And so you're feeling anxious about it because you are predicting what you think is going to happen. If you were to let go of that, 
the anxiety would soften. It would relax. It would come down. Now, then there may be some, uh, some uncertainty might come up. Oh, I'm, f- I'm afraid of the unknown. Well, now I don't know what's going to happen. Honestly, that's the anxiety in the first place. To be honest, but the fear of something happening or, f- or worry that I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. No, you don't. Can that be okay? Deep breath. And when I say, can that be okay? I just mean, can you exist in this moment with the reality of this moment? Okay? Because either way, as I just said, if it hasn't happened yet, you don't know what's going to happen for sure, which means you're always in a state of unknown about the future. You might be telling yourself a story about what you think is going to happen, but the fact of the matter is, you can't 100% guarantee that, that the sun will rise tomorrow. Not 100. Now, you know, I'm still going to plan a trip to the beach tomorrow, so it's not like you can't count on it. And it's not like we can't make reasonable, you know, assumptions about, you know, the world and, and, and bank our life on them. That's not the point. The point is what's causing the anxiety is, a, is a, a fear that a certain thing will occur or might or that you don't know and you don't trust. Trust is the antidote to anxiety. Now, it's interesting because as I was talking earlier, I was getting kind of high. Like I was noticing, not like super high, not like high with marijuana, but like my energy was going upward right? Which is, by the way, because I'm talking about anxiety. And so the template, the, the energetic template of anxiety, what anxiety feels like, how people feel is coming into me so that I can communicate to you properly. So I, I'm sort of existing in, the, in a place of like a little bit of anxiety. And anxiety can be very up energetically. You're out of your body. There's fear. You don't want to be here. It's like the energetic version of the flight response, right? Um, somebody coming at you aggressively with their energy would be the energetic version of a fight response fight, flight. Fight and flight happens physically, emotionally, energetically, mentally, right? All the things you do, you do on all of your levels and you have lots of them. In particular, six relevant ones here. Mental, your thoughts, emotions, your feelings, um, physical, your body, right? Energetic, your energy field, and the spiritual, which is like the, the soul level, okay? And so those, you know, one of, the ways, one of the ways I'm able to get results as incredibly quickly as I am um, is because I work on all those levels at once, okay? So I have an eight-week course called The Art of Attraction, same as this podcast. And um, what I do is I, I, I'm able to take you know, uh, frustrating, self-sabotaging patterns that people have struggled with for um, up to 50 years. I had one who was 70 years old and had been struggling with his for his entire life. Um, you know, and, and the guy who'd been struggling with his for 50, um, we sorted it in a week and a half. And I only do coaching calls a couple times a week with these clients. And so... Um, uh, really, it was a matter of, you know, as far as directly working with me, probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours. 50 years, that guy had had his pattern with women that he didn't even understand. He didn't even, you know, see any logic behind it. And in two hours, I was able to completely, he, he understood exactly why this has always happened. We had the cause and we knew exactly what he needed to do to fix it. How would you like that? How would you like to take whatever problem it is that you have, whether you can't get your business off the ground, whether your self-confidence is, you know, in the toilet, whether you're always being left, whether you can't keep a job, whether you're at seven figures and you can't get to eight figures, whatever, whatever your issue is, how would you like to be handed the keys to solving it? How would that sound? Right? So this work is about far more 
then um, than anxiety, far more than dating, far more than um, attraction, okay? It's about how we hold ourselves back from what we want. And it's solvable in a matter of a couple of hours, okay? Now, the whole reason I got off on all that thing and was explaining that my, my energy was going up is because when I made the statement that trust is the antidote to anxiety, I felt my entire field come down. My body, like I shifted in my chair, I came downward, I felt more relaxed. And so and I wasn't doing that intentionally. I just switched topics from the problem to the solution. And in the solution, my whole system went, <sighs> and I wanted to point that out because that is fucking typical. That is exactly how it happens. Okay. So the greatest gift that the work that I've done over the last 15 years on myself, which has been littered with a plethora of gifts, is that I'm able to notice shit like that. Okay. I talk about anxiety. I hadn't even quite noticed. I hadn't noticed that my, my energy got a little bit high. But then when I, told, I said trust is the antidote and I let that sink in, my whole system came down and then I noticed the shift. And so I knew that it was up before. You see what I mean? So through this, I'm able to um, see comparatively where I was before. So I knew then that I'd gone up from anxiety, which makes sense because this is what happens. And that is why actually, it's one of the reasons why what you talk about fucking matters because your body emulates what you, what you focus on. So when you're negative all the time, that actually, you've probably heard people say that creates more negativity and you're like, yeah, but does it? Which is not an unreasonable question. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it does. And that is because you're bringing that, um, people say vibration, you're just bringing the essence of that in. So while I'm talking about anxiety, yeah, I'm mimicking, without even realizing, this is all subconscious, um, I'm mimicking the, um, the template of anxiety. When I brought in trust, I came down. And down is the antidote to anxiety because anxiety goes up. It's fear-based, right? Flight. And then trust is like grounding down. And what do you need in order to trust? Looking for hands in the back of the classroom. Hands in the back of the classroom. Jimmy, no? Okay. You need to feel safe. Okay. You need to, when you feel safe, you will naturally start to trust more. Literally your, your first chakra, which goes downward towards the earth in between your legs um, and connects right about sort of in the center of the bowl of your pelvis where the, the, the second chakra actually comes in as well in the very center of your body. And if you struggle from anxiety a lot, um, you're going to have a, a weak first chakra because first chakra is around trust. And there's a lack of trust inherent in anxiety. Because whether or not you know what the fuck is going to happen next, if you trusted that it would all be fine, you, you, you don't need the knowledge. You, you trust that it's going to be fine. You will not feel anxiety. Does that make sense? So I'm going to um, make an offer again um, for um, if you want to, to join the conversation with me here. Um, if you would like to do that, if that calls to you, then um, you can call in at 828-333-4686. And um, I can go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll take your call and we can talk about it. So. So with anxiety, what's important to remember is that the, the core of it is that you're not feeling safe, okay? You're not feeling um, like it's going to be okay, right? And so you worry. And so these are, so then, the, then the, the symptoms come, right? And remember, it's fear of the future. So it's by definition a fear of something that doesn't exist right? What is it? It's fear. In particular, it's fear of the future or something that hasn't happened yet. 
even more specific, it's a fear of something that doesn't actually exist. So it's not the same as impending fear, right? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's imaginary, actually. And, and I say that not to discount or, or be disrespectful because, of, of course, people who um, really struggle with, uh, with anxiety, like it's, it's very, obviously, it's a very, very real thing, okay? It is, however, a fear of a very not real thing. <laughs> because, again, it's in the future. You, you, you don't know what it is yet. Spoiler alert, you don't know the future. Okay, so how do you recognize it? So... It depends which level you're talking about, right? If you want to go physical, there's going to be uh, sweaty palms, right? Um, maybe fidgeting, maybe like repetitive actions. Um, I think that, and I don't want to speak, you know, too, too far out of my realm here, but um, I believe that people who um, struggle with really, uh, really intense uh, anxiety or like OCD and things like that, when they when they count, um, they'll like count tiles like down on the floor, like compulsively count tiles, things like that. Um, there's something about their repetition they instinctively know will calm themselves, okay? Um, and there's something about just like this, I'm just going to keep repeating this, and I keep repeating this, but it's, it's compulsive, it's not healthy per se, and it's, it's them trying to, to soothe themselves, you know, which is how your body reacts, right? It's like, okay, I know it's going to fix this. So that's how you may feel it physically. Now, how about emotionally? Well, emotionally, there's going to be fear, obviously, right? Fear is the, is the biggest piece here. It is the most powerful. It is the most overwhelming. I have seen um, a very good friend of mine actually just get down on the floor and rock. And she was like, don't touch me. This is what I need to do. And this girl had struggled with, um, had struggled with anxiety for uh, her entire life. She'd been in therapy for it for 13 years. I actually have an amazing um, testimonial um, about this uh, because the because the, the the shift in the anxiety was just profound. Um, she had seen uh, a therapist for uh, thirteen years, and she sat down with me in one session and got more um, and, and reduced her anxiety more in one session with me than in the entire thirteen years of therapy um, and medication that she had done. Her words, not mine. I swear to God. Um, and and really, that was that was just kind of the way that that I approached. But that's also kind of the nature of the work, right? So, um, so there's that fear, right? Fear is fear is the is the main thing. And now, and, and that girl is who I was talking about earlier. That girl could not walk into department stores. She, honest to God, could not walk into a store. Um, by herself, she would sit out in her car and like feel the anxiety of it. Like she couldn't, she couldn't walk in. It was, it was, it was petrifying. She had to like psych herself up or, you know, drink or smoke or something like that. Right. Like profound, profound coping skills. And now this was probably, she told me this probably nine months ago. Now it's like a, it's like an absolute afterthought. She like moved to a different town and like goes out on her own and like goes to concerts by herself and like shit that she was just, there was no chance she could have done before. And, but the anxiety isn't taking her over anymore because she's started to develop trust, right? But, you know, it's, it sounds easy now. It's like you, she didn't know that was the problem. You know, no therapist has said, oh, do you have trust issues? Why not? That's the first thing. How do you feel about trust? How do you feel about the fact that you don't know what's going to happen in, in, in life? How do you feel about the fact that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and you don't know how this person feels about you, you know? Okay, let's sit calmly with that and just tolerate that for a moment. As you do that, you start to be able to handle more. So she would just sort of leave her body, you know, she was, she was gone. She was in fear, it was flight, flight response, right? And so she's up, she's out of her body and she's unable to, you know, and, and, and every time that, see how it's an up and see how the first chakra I said was trust and it goes down towards the ground. So you can see how these are opposite reactions, right? You go up and flight out of fear. Oh my God, I'm out of my body. It's called the schizoid resp uh, response. And if you're somebody who, um, who does this often, sorry, hang on, hair issues. If you're somebody who does this often, then um, that becomes the habit, right? So 
Um, so then, you know, all the time she was up and out, up and out, up and out of her body in fear. And so that, that lower chakra was always being pulled up. It was never given a chance to really ground in and in the ground, which of course is exactly where she didn't want to be because the flight response is saying, you know, run away, run away, run away from this. This is scary. Don't go into that department store. Scary things are going to happen, right? And so it's, it's counterintuitive in the moment, but when, as you sink down and you put those roots into the ground, you will feel safer, okay? You will, the anxiety starts to die down, okay? And to be clear, this is anxiety about anything, whether that's approaching a beautiful woman, a woman which most men are terrified to do, um, or it's, um, you know, whatever, walking into a department store um, or, you know, uh, going into a job interview or asking for a raise or whatever it is that that terrifies you or brings anxiety, it doesn't matter, okay? Either way, it's like, I'm going to go in for a raise. I have no idea what's going to happen. Oh my God, what if she hates me? What if it makes things awkward? What is fear of awkwardness? I feel fear of awkwardness holds a lot of people back, which is funny because awkwardness and I'm not a fan of awkwardness. Like, like some people really love it. They either like they either like sitting um, in uh, in, a, in like a situation and um, creating awkwardness. Like they want to like say something that they know. You know, people who like push buttons. Just just like it's just I don't know. It's just an asshole thing to do. Um, and people aren't really shy about it either, which is kind of interesting as like a sidebar. They're like, oh yeah, I really like to push those buttons. Like, like they're proud of it. And it's like, you're, you're kind of just saying you're being an asshole. I mean, like by definition, pushing buttons is, is literally consciously doing something that you know, another person is not going to like, that is going to get a rise out of them. And you find joy in that. So there's, there's distortion in that for sure. You know, there might be a core quality in there of like mischief or, playfulness or something like that. But that particular thing, I enjoy pushing buttons, um, is, uh, or, or arrogance or control or like, let me see what I can make them do. Manipulation. Like there's some, there's some shit in that one. Um, which is not surprising. There's shits and lots, shits, there's shit and lots of stuff. What's just interesting is that people aren't shy about it at all. They're like, they'll, they'll brag about it. I, just, I like pushing people's buttons. I'm like, why would you say that? Like, why would you, it's like people saying they don't read. My God, why would you share that information? That's very embarrassing. Uh, to me, that's very that's an embarrassing thing to say. Um, if you don't read, you don't you don't read. But I certainly wouldn't crow about it. You know, it's like that's like a less educated. Like, why wouldn't you read? Read or or at least get information somehow. You know, whatever. It's a different world now. But um, anyway, so um, so pushing people's buttons and anxiety and where was I before that? <laughs> So, uh, so the emotional signs of, um, of anxiety, right? So, uh, so, so fear, um, stress, stress is a big one. And I want to share something on here. I saw the most fantastic Ted talk on anxiety, uh, excuse me, on stress. Truly it was, I think it's one of like the top 10, um, best Ted talks, um, which if you're someone who brags about not reading, you should watch all of those. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, and it was really quite fascinating. This woman was really quite, quite brilliant. And she, um, she, she said, um, she was someone who, who, uh, you know, a, a therapist or a counselor of some kind who specialized in stress management. And she'd always been trying to manage stress. I mean, it's, it's in the name, right? I'm here to manage stress. And she shared the results of a study. And I cannot exactly remember where the study happened, but if someone who's listening knows uh, and can post it on my wall or on this Facebook Live, that would be great. Um, but the study went as follows, okay? There were, you know, groups of people and they're studying the effects of stress over a long term. This is over like... Mm, I don't know, probably maybe 40, 40 years, 50 years. I mean, it was like a, it was like a long, long time, right? And so they, they asked questions like, you know, uh, how stressed have you been in the last, you know, month before this, this, this meeting or whatever, you know, one to 10. And then um, they'd ask whether or not they believed that stress was a negative thing, you know, whatever. So what they saw was that people who experienced stress um, to a high level um, 
suffered from, you know, they, they died earlier. They suffered from more diseases, things like that, as exactly as you would expect, right? Except if those people didn't believe that stress was bad for you. People who believed that stress is good for you, even if they reported high levels of stress, had no difference from people who did not experience any stress or very, very low stress. But mind-body connection is definitely not a thing. For sure. Definitely. Absolutely. It's all hippie crap, right? (laughs) I found that goddamn fascinating. Truly, stress only damages you if you think stress damages you. You want to talk to me more about how your thoughts don't matter and how what you tell yourself in your head doesn't fucking matter? Wake up. You matter. The shit you say, whether it's out loud or not, matters. Know that. And then choose to be whatever you want. I have no agenda. You Be an asshole if you want to. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. But don't go around thinking that that shit isn't real. Oh, it's just my thought. Oh, it's just like my inner. I'd be a little happier if I were nicer to myself or my life would be a little easier. No, bitch. That shit changes the world. Changes the world. Shortens or expands your, or extends your life. Do you know how revolutionary that is? You know, stress doesn't even have, and already stress is like a, oh, if you, if you worry, right? Here we are talking about anxiety and then stress comes right into the conversation, right? So it's already like a, a mental thing that's, that's affecting your health. It's already a little bit, you know, sort of mind-body-ish. And this is a whole different fucking level of that. You have to believe stress is bad. And if you don't, if you think stress is, you're like, yes, man, I am pushing in. And I am, I am stressed. I mean, you know, me and my business, man, I work so hard. My business is like my, my, I was talking to an old college friend on Facebook Messenger recently. And he said, we were talking about a time to like get together and talk. And he was like, um, he was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to, to find a time. He also lives in Japan. Um, and he's like, it's a hard time to find a, to find a, a time to, to talk because of the time difference and, uh, and, you know, wife and child and job and all that stuff. And I was like, I know what you mean. My business is, wife, child, job, and probably time, time difference. I know exactly what you mean. I, I piled all those into one thing, but I, I, I hear you. And that's, that's how it feels. And I fucking love it. Okay. Even when I hate it, there's nothing else that I want to do. I, I find actually, because I don't have children and that's perfectly fine with me. I don't desire children. Um, uh, but what's interesting is that, um, it's interesting is that I lost my train of thought there. Wait for it. Oh, the things that people say about their kids, I started saying when I got really intense about my business. And like, keep in mind, for those of you who are new, I am obsessed with this shit. I absolutely love it. Like I change lives on a more profound level than most people think change is possible. And to me, that's just like going in and and doing magic. You know, I'm just going and doing magic. (laughs) I just love it. I love it. It is more fulfilling to me. Like I, you know, Everybody, I hope that everybody makes the kind of choices where they end up in a job, in, a, in work that is as fulfilling as mine is. And if it's not, like if this is not the tone of voice that you use when you describe your work, I would highly recommend re-examining where you work uh, and what you do and think about why you're still there. Even if you're like, yeah, it's fine. Is that enough? I mean, I spend, I mean, I'm also an entrepreneur, I run my own business. And so I I spend a huge amount more time perhaps uh, than, you know, the average person might at work. But even if you're at eight hours a day, that's a shit ton of your life. You want to spend that doing something that's, that makes you go meh? Man, Marie Kondo the shit out of that. What's wrong with you? You got to stand up for yourself in life, man. You can't just, I mean, you don't have to, but sure as hell no one else is going to. So it's really up to you whether you want to like lie down and kind of have the life that you that you settle for or step up and make yourself a better one. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. And if your head says otherwise, you need to put it to the side because it is not accurate. Okay, I'm speaking about objective reality here. There is nothing outside you that is stopping you from what you want. I'm going to say that again. 
There is nothing outside of you that is keeping you from what you want. Look inward. All the answers are there. So, stress. I, yeah, I I start saying the things about my business that people say about their kids. Like, oh my God, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my fucking life. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. And like, I've just never had that experience, never had children. And so when people say that, I'm sort of like, it's interesting. And like a lot of people say it. It's not just like, oh, I've heard this. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has heard someone say this or said it themselves about their children, right? And some people are like, ugh, they're the worst. They haven't slept in months. I mean, people go years without a proper night's sleep. I truly, I would probably slaughter the poor loves um, just to get a nap. Um, but I'd be very sorry about it the next day. Um, you know, and they, and they, you know, they, they do extraordinary feats for, for their, you know, and they're like, oh God, they're like, you know, and they're tantruming or they're ungrateful or whatever, you know, the age group is. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's what they say. That's what almost all of them say. (laughs) And that's such a fascinating thing. And I just never had that experience until I started my business. And now I'm starting to use the same language. I'm like, I have legitimately never worked so hard on something in my entire life. And I like rode horses competitively competitively for 25 years. I, you know, I, I got a master's degree. What else have I done? I'm a dance instructor. That wasn't that, that wasn't incomparable hardness. You know, the work that I now teach, I've done, I've done intensively for 15 years on myself. So I have traveled into areas of myself, you know, where I would have given anything not to go, you know, areas that I was afraid of or insecure about or petrified of, you know, it's like, like challenging the anxiety instead of just letting yourself be afraid or curling up in a ball on the floor, like, okay, slowing down, slowing down, coming back into the present moment. I'm going to talk about this in just a minute. Slow, deep breaths. Make yourself do slow, deep breaths. And what you're doing is you're challenging that up feeling that <gasps> run away. Well, hold on, hold on. And, and think about this for me. I'm skipping around again. I apologize, but this, this is coming up organically. Think about it. What that feels like in case you've never really experienced anxiety is basically like me telling you that a lion is chasing you and you're running the fuck away. And I'm telling you to stop, breathe, and turn and face the lion. I understand the gravity. And are you willing to do it or not? The lion's not going to eat you. You just feel like it is. So in that moment, when everything goes up and you just want to run away and you want to you know, you, you want to flee, right? You're anxious, you're worried, you're, you're petrified, you're afraid. It's okay. It's okay. And again. And so you don't, you don't stop. You don't take a deep breath and then go back to the anxiety. Fucking stop. Okay, because another thing that tends to happen in those moments is you start going really fast. Anxiety is fast. Oh God, uh, yeah, oh, I don't know what he's going to think about me. And you know, and I had that other issue before, and this is going to be worse than that. And like, it just starts to spiral. You've got to catch that as quickly as you can. So let me get to the, uh, let me get to the, to the solution here. Um, Let me dip back really quickly into how you recognize it, because I never quite got through that. But on an emotional level, how do you recognize it? Fear, stress, worry. Okay, if you're worried all the time, um, that is absolutely related there. Um, If you're distracted, right, emotional distraction, if you're fretting over things that you have no control over, or if you're trying to control things or seeking to control others, that is also a, a sign right there. So if you're like grabbing on, it feels like a, a grabbing onto life. Like, you know, my boyfriend does that thing and I just really want him to stop doing that thing. I need him to stop doing that thing. Girl, slow, deep breaths. Can you trust and know is an acceptable answer to every question You can always answer honestly. Can you 
allow yourself to trust that whether he does what you want or he doesn't do what you want, you're going to be okay. Can you trust that you're going to survive? Whatever happens in this outcome, whether those are the grades you're getting in high school, you know, do you remember the shit you used to think was really important that you used to stress over, cry over, fret over, worry? I mean, my God, I've spent so many years, so many years. What, what do people think of me? I don't fucking know. I don't know what they think of me now. But I'm, I'm going to be happy anyway. Because I can. And I want to. And I have the strength to do that now because I've done this process. And on a mental level, it can take the form of repetitive thoughts and really circular thinking. So those like negative, oh, and those fucking voices in your head. Oh, man. Did you know that those voices in your head, the ones that kind of chit-chat all the time, people call it like the monkey brain or the, you know, Judge Judy or um, that sort of like judgmental, bitchy, um, judgy, judgy tone that um that's always kind of talking to you is like she's not gonna like you you're not good enough like let's let's be real you're you're not gonna get through this it's all the time all the time all the time just so you know that's fixable and i say that because until i fixed mine i didn't actually know that was true my voices are gone they are not there anymore And mine were constant. I had all the issues that I now help people solve. (laughs) And maybe that's why I'm able to do it because I'm able to, you know, sit with my, my own reality of, of those experiences. But my, those voices, they do not exist in me anymore. That girl that I was telling you about earlier, who used to curl up on the floor and couldn't walk into department stores. She had uh, a group of, of what she used to call the ladies uh, in her head um, that were just going all the time all the time, different ones. She could recognize them, you know, like one thing and, and then another and then another. And it was always negative and it was always, you know, bitchy and awful. And um, hers are just about completely gone. And she, she mentioned that she hears one of them, she hears from them every once in a while. Yeah. And, and they were constant for her for years. I mean, she's almost probably 30. And they just, all the time until she started working with me. So these things are fixable and I, I, it's important that you know. So let's come back to the solution. So the solution, you, you may have heard of the term grounding. Right? And grounding, um, it just means, it means bringing you yourself, not just energetically, mentally, um, emotionally down towards the earth. When you connect more deeply with the earth, you feel more grounded. You trust more. You feel safer. So people who like run away to the woods, you know, I have to go camping or I have to go hiking, you know, um, they're connecting deeply with the earth. They need that. It may be a a fix that they kind of get. uh, um, Or they may just think, I don't know why I like this so much, but it feels really good. It's because that first chakra is being reinforced. It's it's trust. It's trust in life. Okay. Energy and, and the, the, the subconscious, kind of like we spoke about earlier, is not linear, like, uh, just like it's not dualistic, right? Like the, the mental level, the physical level, much more dualistic. You're either having a thought or you're not, right? Uh, let's compare that to emotions. Um, you can feel kind of excited about a thing, but also kind of afraid of that thing, right? So emotions can mix more. Thoughts, not so much. Uh, your brain works in a, in a binary way, right? Uh, 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 it's very fast. so. Um, but a neuron is either um, firing or it's not firing. It's completely bi- binary. Your brain is a computer. There is no, there's no other thing there, okay? So when people say things like multitasking, just FYI, multitasking is a myth. You're not multitasking. It, it looks from the outside like you're multitasking, but what you're really doing is switching very quickly between two things. You're not doing them simultaneously. The brain does not work like that. So, um, and so it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating. I, I learned that at one point in my, um, sort of training for business and it was just like multitasking is not a thing. So do, do one thing and finish it and then do the next, you know, <clears throat> or do as much as you want to on this thing and switch to the next, but know that, you know, the way, the, the way the brain works, it's not really a thing. 
So, um, so, so when you have those, those times, right, that anxiety, that, um, that worry, that stress, the grounding is the solution to that. Okay. Um, the way you get there, start by changing your breathing. It's an easy thing. It's something you can do consciously. It's something you can remind yourself to do. Keep doing it. I mean, do like 30, not five. Five may not be enough. Do it until you are so calm that you're bored. Make sure you finish it completely, okay? Um, Until you're like, oh man, I can't believe she said 30. I'm on 25. I feel fine. Great. That's what we're looking for. Not like, okay, well, I I can function now, so I guess I'll get back to it. No. Prioritize yourself. Don't mistreat yourself. That serves no one. That serves no one. And what that is in that moment is mistreating yourself. If you're, if you're, you know, uh, I think I'll take five minutes for myself, but I'm not taking 10. Fuck, wouldn't you take 10? Take 10. Be who you are. Allow yourself to be who you are. You are someone who needs 10 right now. Maybe next time you'll need two. Maybe the time after that, you'll need seven. Who cares? Nobody's keeping score for your life outside of you. There are no brownie points. There's no way to win. You're not going to win life. You're going to live it. Or you're not. That is up to you. So I want to talk about one more um, tactic that you can use other than the, than the breathing when you find yourself anxious, okay? What's one of the first things we talked about? Anxiety happens in the future, right? So, or excuse me, anxiety happens about things that, are, that haven't happened yet. So one of the things you do is you get out ahead of yourself, right? When you say, when you use the phrase, she's ahead of herself, literally your energy is actually out in front, okay? Oh, I get ahead of myself then that's actually what's happening. People's language always reflects reality um, when you look at it. It's quite interesting. So what you need to do in the moment is pull yourself back to the present hard, like at all costs hard, okay? Here's what I found worked really well. When I would start to leave my body or get anxious or... um, you know, uh, sort of become become unstable in some way, I would start to look around the room and I would get very, very, very literal because I was starting to feel panic, right? As if someone were threatening me, as if someone were coming towards me with a knife and started feeling fear, right? But no one was. So what I would do was, uh, was, was, was um, remind myself of my surroundings, of reality and my surroundings. And the way that would look is I look around the room and I go, okay, there's the phone, there's the table, there's that ugly chair, there's the fireplace, there's the lamp, and just get incredibly literal, okay? Just get incredibly literal. Oh, yeah, someone on Facebook Live has been saying that, that, uh, Ravikant, uh, I can relate to that. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely, I think this is a very, very common experience. Um, and so when you're looking around the room, uh, just name what's there, okay? And what it does is it just realigns you with the present. It brings you back into the moment because you're just naming what's real, not what you think is going to happen. It's almost like an arrogance element to it. Oh, I'm sure what's gonna, it's gonna, this is going to happen and I'm afraid of it. It's like, you're not. You're not sure. I mean, you might feel sure, but you don't know what's going to happen. Right? And so if you just look around the room, there's a glass of water, there's the coaster, the table, there's the lamp, there's the... And I would just, just, just focusing exclusively on what is actually real and here in the moment and all of that fuzz that fear-inducing fuzz around you, all the, the clouds and the, you know, uh, all the things that look scary that you don't have a chance to even experience, 
other than fear, you know, then you're, then it brings you back into the moment. And if you do that as you're slowly breathing, that will bring you back every time. Okay. If you do this and it works really well for you, or you have questions or feedback, I would love for you to reach out to me on my timeline on Facebook um, or at dominijrew.com to, um, to let me know how it, how it works for you. Because I have seen this particular tactic just work miracles for people. Um, despite the fact that it's, it's really, it's quite simple, but it is important. It's important that you keep doing it until it's done. So I hope that helps. Um, I hope that I've given you some really great insight into why you might be feeling anxious, how that actually manifests in your field, in your emotions, in your mind, in your body. Um, and most importantly, what it is that you can do about it. Um, if you are interested in learning more about me, I would absolutely love to, um, to, to either speak with you or, um, you know, have a chance to talk to you about my program. As I said, I have an eight week course that just, um, is, is more transformative than, than anything I've ever found. And I've, I've done research in this, in this field for, for 15 years. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, Again, my name is Dominique Drew. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can do that at dominiedrew.com or uh, find me on Facebook, Dominique Drew. And um, if you're watching this on Facebook Live or you're listening live, then um, please feel free to uh, download this as a podcast, The Art of Attraction. I'm on every platform and um, you can download and subscribe there. So thank you so much. I look forward to, uh, to speaking with you and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.